We speak a blessing over your life today financially because there's where the needs are, are there also. Not only financial peace, but also inner peace. We speak a blessing over your life that you are blessed in every situation. That when the enemy comes in at you one way, he has to leave seven different directions. That God will rise up a standard against anything that comes against you. And we say that this seed that is sown today speaks in the annals of heaven in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You know, how many of you know we like to do what the Word of God says? And the Word of God talks about in, in Acts, we, you know, Cornelius, uh, Peter had this dream about uh, going to see Cornelius. And the Bible says that, um, that Cornelius was a giver. Now, he wasn't a, he wasn't a Christ follower, but he knew God. Come on, somebody. He knew God because he really didn't know about Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says that when Cornelius was a giver, that his gift came up as a memorial before the Lord. Wow. Can you imagine giving and this gift that was given today comes up as a memorial before the Lord and the Lord says, oh yeah, I got you. I got you. Somebody say celebrate freedom. We're going to celebrate freedom today. Has everybody got a flag? Everybody get a flag? Come on, let's wave that one time. There we go. We just, we got, we got a few extras. If you didn't get a flag, we need to have you get a flag. I just want to get rid of the flag. So y'all, please take a flag. If you didn't have a flag, go stick it in your yard. Do whatever it is. Give it to your grandchildren or children or, or your parents or whatever it is. Get a, get a flag. You know, the promise that we have was, okay, real quick, do we have, does everybody have a handout? Because I want to be able to have you take that with you. We give these handouts out so you can take them home with you. Who does not have one? If you do not have one and you want one, just raise your hand and we'll get it to you. It looks like we got everybody taken care of, Richard. Good job. Tomorrow we're going to celebrate July 4th. We're going to celebrate Independence Day. And I remember back when I was 16 in, in, in 1976, I made a cake and I put a, I frosted a, a, the frosting on it, cake. I put a flag on it. You know what I mean? And I put 1976, you know, that was, of course, a long time before you were born. But it was, uh, it, it was a cake that I made because, I, I don't know, from a very young age, there was some patriotic thing with inside of me. And this was before I knew Christ and this was before... Um, I had a relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And, and, I, and I, I, I love our country. Come on, somebody. I love our country. We have issues in our country. We have opportunities in our country. But I'm here to tell you, this is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Can anybody give the Lord some praise for that today? The cool thing about this is the United States of America... How many of you know that it's, it, it, it is a, not just a saying, but it is a promise for us that we are all created equal? We're supposed to be created equal, just like God has created us. Do you know that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights? We have the right to pursue uh, happiness, and we have the right to pursue freedom. We have the right... There, there's so many rights that we've got that, that we get to be able to pursue and we can pursue the Lord and we can and do that without, um, you know, without having to, to be in a closed closet somewhere or hiding away in a basement because, you know, we serve Christ.
And I think about the opportunities that we have. And tomorrow is going to be a day to remember. It's going to be a day to remember our freedom. But today I want us to think about today's freedom and what freedom we do have. Because there's, a, there's some scriptures and I wanted to be able to get them to you to look at about freedom itself. Everybody say freedom. And freedom comes with a cost. The freedom of our nation came with a cost. But how many of you know our personal, my personal freedom came with a cost and that was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. It comes with a cost. Somebody says, well, it's, you know, it's free. Well, it's, it's, it, it may be free, a, a gift to us because it's a gift. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to pay for it. Come on, somebody. I didn't have to jump over hoops and, 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 and qualify because Christ is the one that qualified me. But our true independence has to be, listen, dependence on God. Our true independence has to be dependence on God. We can be, we can be dependent on God. So if you will, go ahead and take your hand out. I want you to look at the definition of, of freedom. The, this is a Greek word that is, uh, is used, and there's, in, the, in the New Testament, it's from the Greek and the Old Testament's from the Hebrew. So when you look at a Greek word, one word has two or three words in it. And it can derive from another word. So when we look at the word freedom, everybody say freedom. We, we can look and it, it literally means in the Greek, it means freedom. Um, and I put that down, it's eleuthera. Eleuthera is the Greek word. And it comes from a root word called eleutherus, and it literally means unrestrained. See, what people don't like to talk about freedom sometimes in the church is because we're afraid that people will just do whatever they want to do. Well, you can do that, and God's going to allow you to do that, but there's consequences to what we do. <laughs> and that's the thing we've got to realize, and we'll talk about the scripture here in just a minute. But it means unreserved. It are unrestrained, excuse me. It also means not a slave. If we're free, we're not a slave. Oh, come on, somebody. We, we, we talk about, and there's a scripture that people will say, well, what about being a bondservant of Christ? That is, we, we, are, we are his, we belong to him. But we're not a slave to society, come on. We're not a slave to sin. So, when, you know, people deal with issues of slavery Slavery was in the Bible. You know what I mean? It was there. It was the Israelites were dealing with slavery from even before the United States was put together and made. The Israelites were dealing with being slaves, being in bondage, right? To Babylon. They were they were brought in and they were pulled in and they took the brightest, the the best, the the smartest. They they brought those guys in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and those, they brought them in. Babylon wanted the best of the Israelites, but they brought them into slavery. So that word literally means not a slave. See, when we make a mistake, when we mess up, if I could tell you this, when, when we sin, we become a slave to that sin. Oh, come on, somebody, are you hearing me? See, my testimony is that that when I was 20 years old, I gave my, my heart to Christ. When I was 24, I gave him my life. 
But before that, the things that I was doing, I was a slave to those things. Oh, come on. It, 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 Richard understands what I'm talking about, being a drug dealer or whatever. When I, got my, when, I re, when I received Christ into my heart, that night I remember because I went to, I didn't know what a Pentecostal church was. I didn't know what a charismatic church was. I just, I didn't know any. I, we went to church and, uh, once in a while when I was a kid, and we went to a Methodist church, and, and I didn't understand church itself. I remember one time they were passing a plate, and I was like, what is this? And they said, well, you put money in it. And I'm like, I don't have any money. So I remember a song about writing a note, and I put it in the plate. And I wrote a note. I didn't really know God, but I knew of God. I knew that there was a higher, there was a creator. I knew there was something higher than, greater than I. But I didn't know him. I didn't have a personal relationship with him. And that was back when I was 16 years old, and, and I remember putting that note in that plate, but I didn't go to church. I didn't know what that was. So we went to this church, man, and the church had a band, and, you know, it was like, man, they were really getting after it. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool. This is, this is pretty cool. Well, then something happened to me that night, and I think you guys call it the Holy Ghost. I, I, the Holy Spirit was moving that night, and he was moving on my heart, but it was... It wasn't the church atmosphere. How many of you know it was me realizing that I needed a Savior? And when I realized I needed a Savior, I walked that aisle. And I came down and I gave my life to Christ. And Richard, I, I was driving home. I rolled my window down. I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, um, and, and with somebody. I was living with somebody um, uh, you know, a female. I had a girlfriend that was, you know, I thought living with was okay with that deal. So I was rolling my window down. I threw out my drugs and I quit buying and supplying. Right? Anybody been there? Well, a week later, guess what I was doing? <laughs> yeah, it lasted about a week. You know, it was pretty good, but I was back buying and supplying because there, the transformation didn't happen in my soul. It was a head knowledge thing. I knew when I received something, I received something in my heart, and I didn't know the scriptures, but now I do, and I can read about it in Corinthians that my spirit and his spirit became one in spirit, so I became one spirit in the Lord, so there were some things that I did because I felt like I was still a moral guy, you know what I mean, I was 20, 21 years old, I thought I was still a moral guy, I had, I wouldn't steal from you, I wouldn't cheat you, I wouldn't take advantage of you, unless I wanted something from you, you know what I mean? But there were some things that I was doing that probably didn't line up with the Word of God. They were, they were wrong. So I was caught into slavery to that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get caught up in it, whether you call it addictions, whether you call it bondage. It's, the truth is it's a slavery. We get caught to that thing. And it's like that thing would drive my life. Oh, come on, somebody. That thing would drive my life, and I would, I'd have to think about that. And mine was, was alcohol more than it was drugs. And, and I would think about during the day about getting off and, and being able to, you know, i got to have a beer, you know. My father worked for a brewery company, so I personally tried to keep him in business. He would buy beer, and we'd, we'd go. I, at 14 years old, I could open up the refrigerator, and the refrigerator was full of beer. Well, I could reposition the bottles go to baseball practice and put beer in my cooler, and nobody would know any difference. And then after baseball practice was over, I'd go to the woods and I'd drink three or four beers and come home wiped out at 14 years old. I'm not saying this is right. It's wrong. 
But I became a bondage. I became a slave to that. See, freedom is being able to, you can have a drink. Guys, I'm not telling you to drink. In fact, I'm telling you don't. I would prefer you didn't. But if you do, don't get drunk. That's what the Bible says. Don't get drunk on that. There's some people that can have one and it won't bother them. There's some people like me. If I had one, I got to have 12. Hello? So I became a slave to that thing. And when you become a slave to that thing, it rules you. It, it, it takes over. It, 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 I thought about it all the time. I was ready to get off work so I, we could go out and we could party and have some time, you know, and do all this other stuff because we work really hard and everything else. But true freedom says I'm not a slave. Say I'm not a slave. That's why we talk about here about being a child of the Most High God. Because you're either a slave or you're not a slave. I'm a child of the Most High God, therefore I'm not a slave. And I'm not going to be a slave to sin. I'm not going to be caught up under that. So we begin to look at this and we look at this Greek word and, and it literally means unrestrained. Freedom, we can be unrestrained. And sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that will help restrain us, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're really looking for Him and you're wanting Him to. But it also means not a slave. So that's why we try to teach, I'm a child of the Most High God. We sang about, we're a child of the Most High God. We got to look at our identity and realize who our identity is. When our identity is in Christ, then all those other things can come behind that and follow that as long as I've got my heart centered on the Lord, my life centered on the Lord. Can I get an amen? So it goes on. Let me look at the rest of that definition. It says, exempt from obligation or liability. Exempt from obligation or liability. Exempt, exempt from obligation. Now, there is a dichotomy on this because when we come into Christ, we do have obligation to the Lord. But I don't have, I am exempt from the punishment Of being separated from God because of sin. Can I say it that way? In other words, before Christ, I was a sinner. Now that I'm in Christ, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? I'm a new creation. So which are you? Are you a sinner or a new creation? I was a sinner. Now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus that I will sin. Sin literally means to miss the mark. You can look it up. It means to miss the mark. It means to aim at it and miss it. I aim at it, I miss it. I miss the mark. But I'm so thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for me because that's the freedom that he's given me to be able to celebrate that God has paid the price, the ultimate price for me, and that I won't be separated with God from God that I can begin to continue to pursue him and celebrate him and be part of that freedom in my life. So here's, let me put it to you this way in a modern day vernacular. I can get knocked down, but I can get back up. And I can get back up and I can operate in the things of God. Why? Because I got knocked down. I'm not going to be a slave to what knocked me down. I'm going to overcome that thing. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. The new has come. I'm going to rise above that thing. And I'm going to operate in the freedom of the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. <laughs> now I went to that church. They were talking about me. Yes, I am talking about you. 
because we become a child of the Most High God. If we realize in all of our efforts and all of our understanding is to being a child of the Most High God, I don't have to be a child of sin. Come on, somebody. I don't have to walk in that stuff anymore. I can come out of that. So let's take a look at some scriptures. I wanted you guys to get some scriptures. Have I got anybody in here that will share a testimony for me today? Anybody? Everybody should. Come on up, Kelly. I'm going to get into that scriptures, but I'm going to have you guys come on up. She's just not the only one. I really believe that the Lord wanted us to be able to share about our freedom. I'm not perfect, y'all. Shelly can sure tell you I am not perfect, <laughs> right? But, I, but be in Christ, in Christ, I'm a new creation. So I'm able to overcome that, those issues in my life. So when I was 20, I gave my heart to Christ. But when I was 24, I gave him my life, and there was a difference. That's my testimony. And I can look back on that, and was I perfect? No. Was I good? Sometimes, sometimes not. But I was forgiven. Oh, come on. I was forgiven. Amen. <laughs> okay, so I was raised in the church, and uh, praise God, I had a mama that took me to church. She didn't send me. You know, so I knew about Jesus, um, but I had chosen a lifestyle of drugs and alcohol as, a, uh, as I graduated from high school and went off to college. Um, but at age 40, Jesus got hold of me. And uh, I surrendered my life to him. And he transformed me. And so uh, that's been 21 years ago. And that last song that we sang is like, that's telling my story, you know. No longer a, a slave to fear and I am a child of his, you know, so, and he parted the waters so that I could walk through into freedom. And so it's, it's been a, it's been a journey and I'm still on that journey, still learning, still transforming. I still miss the mark, (laughs) you know, I still have my days, but. Praise God that he set me free. You know, so, I mean, I I wouldn't change a day of my past because I wouldn't know what today is about, you know. So that's that's my story. It's it's a really long story um, of that. That's even longer. I was in the hospital. They came and got me out of the hospital because they didn't know if I'd live or die and took me to a little Assembly of God church. I didn't know, like you, I didn't know about Pentecostal. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, we've got to get her saved. <laughs> and <laughs> so, because she's going to die. And so it's like, okay, you know. And from that point on, it's just, you know, I was healed and saved and delivered and you know, and then came to Woodward and got discipled and taught more and learned more and knew him. There's, a, there's more about knowing about him and knowing him. Right. You know, so you got to know him. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Anybody else? Come on, Tatum. I want you guys to think about it because I want you to be able to come on up because I really believe this is a time that the Lord is dealing with some of us and there's encouragement that's coming. Well, my story is completely different than Kelly's, but um, I grew up in a very godly home. My parents got really on fire for God when I was really young, and I can remember the day that I gave my heart to Jesus. I was probably nine years old in the fourth grade, and I had a red knit dress on and a heart chain necklace. I can st- it was different colored hearts and a big, you know, big clunky chain, and I, we were in a church in ceiling, and my sister and I, who's just 16 months older than, than me, we had talked about it, about how we wanted to give our heart to Jesus. And so he had an altar call at the end of service, and we marched up there together. And I, can, I, just, I remember it like it was yesterday. And Pastor Daryl Bratton led me in the prayer of salvation. And a, few, a short time later, we were baptized in someone's backyard swimming pool. And then about a year later, I went to Camp Dry Gulch. My mom and dad drove us by ourselves, Tanil and I by ourselves, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I sent a postcard home to mom and said, Mom, I can pray in tongues. <laughs> and, I mean, I grew up in mutual, and I know the postmaster, my mom and dad, we still laugh about that to this day, because the postmaster, tiny, tiny town of mutual, she looked at everybody's mail. She was the town gossip. <laughs> Well, Pastor Virginia was the, but I know she read that postcard that said, I can pray in tongues, and I know we just got a big laugh about that. But anyway, so I, I'm fixing to turn 45 years old, and I've walked with God every day of my life, some days better than others. I made some really bad choices, and, but I want to talk about the freedom that God set me free from condemnation, because for about the first half of my walk with God, I felt like I could never do enough. I could never be enough. I could never do enough good things. I couldn't pray enough. I couldn't read the Bible enough. And now there was a period of time I had three kids under the age of five, two in diapers. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't spending a lot of time on the Word. And so I would have condemnation constantly. I was just focused on everything that I was doing wrong. And I never felt good enough. I mean, the devil had me bound. It was exhausting. And then I got a revelation of God's grace. And I'm not talking about sloppy grace that lets you, that says, oh, you're saved, you can live however you want to. I'm talking about the grace that God empowers us to overcome sin. You guys, I don't focus on sin. Do I still mess up? Yes. Do I still yell at my husband? Yes. Do I still get gripey? Do I still have bad thoughts? Absolutely. But I'm talking about, I focus on Jesus and what he did for me. Because when I, it's just like Pastor Jerry's chocolate cake. I mean, that's my weakness. If I cannot say no to chocolate cake. And if I just focus on I cannot have chocolate cake, I cannot have chocolate cake, I cannot have chocolate cake, what do you think I want? (laughs) Chocolate cake, okay? So when I... When I focus on sin, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. What do you think I'm, what do you think I'm, want to do? I want to do that. When I focus on Jesus and what he did for me and how he empowered me to live a life for sin, everything that we need to live a life that's pleasing to God, he has given to us. Everything that we need to live a life that is pleasing to God, he has put inside of us. 
It's not about works. It's not about how much good you do. It's not about how holy you are. It's about what Jesus did for us. And I'm thankful. I mean, my kids lived under that. And my husband lived under, under my, we have to do this. We have to, I mean, part of it's my personality. Part of it's the way I was raised. I mean, we couldn't say the word magic because the devil might jump on you. <laughs> we were tricky if we had, to, you know, if we wanted to do a magic trick, we had to be tricky, not magic. I mean, just crazy stuff. My mom and dad were doing what they knew at the time. So I don't, we laugh about it now, but we've been set free. The enemy's, I mean, I can do anything without thinking the devil was ready to pounce on me. And yes, spiritual warfare is real. The enemy is real, but I'm focused on Jesus because man, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. She got some preach up in there, don't she? (laughs) Hallelujah. So the grace, everybody say grace. Grace, sometimes we have a religious idea of what grace is. But when you're, what she says, I really believe it's also something we need to experience in our walk with God. Do you know what I mean? Because he is grace. He is, allows us to, to make mistakes. He allows us to have some, some leeway. Can I say that? Not that there aren't consequences from that, but he allows us to be able to do that because he's always, Romans eight twenty eight. he's always trying to work something out for our good. So no matter what that situation is, he's trying to work that out. Pastor Jerry? Some good preaching going on this, this morning. Uh, I sat back there, and usually I don't do anything, you know, just sit, listen. But I thought maybe I better come up and talk a little bit because he said to tell the story about when you were baptized or saved. And I can remember that. Do you all know the lack of hair and the color? I've been around a long time. But I can remember back when I was 14 years old at Bowling Springs Camp just as well as if we did it yesterday. And it is amazing but I didn't know this one little scripture that Tatum alluded to, but she didn't use that scripture, but that's okay. I'm going to say it out. There's one in John 8, verse 34, and I'd like to read it to you because it might mean something to somebody, whether they be here or online or wherever they may hear this. It says, I speak eternal truth. Jesus said, when you sin, you're not free. You become a slave in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. So when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are his son. Period. This emphasizes that for a son is a part of the family forever. Whatever we do wrong, we have the grace, we have the forgiveness forever. We've been in counseling in church for years, and we hear it more than we need to hear it. 
that I, I've done something that God can't forgive me for. Blarney. This says once you accept Jesus, you're a son forever. What does that mean? Forever. Hallelujah. 14 years old, and how old are you now? 87. 14 years old. Wow. I guess you want to come on up here and share a little bit. I don't know if I can make you laugh like he did. Um, I went to a revival at the Methodist Church. We attended the Methodist Church in Sharon. And uh, we had a person that was filling in and uh, she gave the altar call and men well all the time she preached I was just going like this and I you know I'm 10 years old that's that seems funny that you that you would have your heart beating like that from a message when you're only 10 but as soon as as she gave the altar call I was down there But my daddy was right behind me. And that so blessed me. I mean, it blesses me now. I probably didn't even think about it then. But he was down there giving his heart to God. And then we needed to be baptized. So they took us to a lake. You know, nobody had swimming pools. So they took us to a lake. And we were baptized together at a lake. And it just, it stuck. <laughs> I, I still, I still want to know more of God. Every day I, I read about him. I, I talk about him. I, I received the baptism in 1984 and it totally changed my life. And now I just can't get enough of God. Whatever he wants to do with me, I want to do. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it, man. This is amazing. Come on up here, Sarah. I'll tell you what. God is different with different people. I mean, to think that it all has to be a cookie cutter all the same way, it's amazing to hear the testimonies of people that have come to know Christ and how they've grown in Christ and how it's been different than the way they've grown. So I was saved and spirit-filled whenever I was seven. And then my family stopped going to church. So when your family stops going to church, you can't go by yourself when you're seven. So, of course, I fell away from Christ. Um, with that just came the normal teenage stuff, the partying and everything. And then when I was 16, I was involved in a very bad car accident. So at the age of 16, I was told that I would never be able to have children because I was diagnosed with a disease called fibromyalgia. And it was really new at that point because... Like, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and they kept telling my parents, hey, your kid needs to go back to school. So I did a year and a half at home of school because I couldn't sit, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't lay down. Like, it was absolutely miserable. Um, and so all these doctors are saying, your kid is lying to you. She is fine. Nothing is wrong with her. And I'm like, oh, that, yes, I am not lying, Mom and Dad. Anyways, um, 16 years old, you're never going to have kids. If you get pregnant when you get married, 
Your body will never recover. You'll be in the wheelchair for the rest of your life. You will never walk. You will never run again. Um, so that is the news I got when I was 16 years old. Not saved. You know, you have, you just, you know, when you hear that, and I've always wanted five kids. You know, from the time I was little, my mom would always say, you've always wanted so many kids. I, and I would look at you and I was like, why do you want so many kids, honey? You're like, I don't know, it sounds great. You know, and so I heard that and, that, and it just, as something came on me. Of course, I didn't know what it was then, but, you know, whenever I gave my life back to Christ and I had to move, I lived away from my parents my whole senior year because I lived with my physical therapist in Tulsa, graduated from Broken Arrow, um, because that's the medical care I needed and my parents couldn't keep driving me to, to Broken Arrow like three days a week. So um, I went on a missions trip. And on this missions trip, before I left, I was like, God, my life's got to change. I got to have something. I don't know what I need to do for you, but I am stepping out. I am just, I am all yours. So with fibromyalgia, I was on so much medications, like medications to sleep, medications to wake you up, medications to make you stop hurting. I mean, it's ridiculous for a 17, 18-year-old to have be on so much medicine. And so I was like, okay, God. I'm totally yours. The doctors told me, my physical therapist told me, they said, do not go on this airplane. If you go on this airplane, you are going to flare. You will, you, you're not going to be able to do anything when you get to China. You are, you're not going to do anything because you're going to be in so much pain. So I go and I get on the plane. I sleep the entire 17 airplane ride, I mean, the 17 hours. I sleep the entire time. And I wake up and I was like, man, I feel great. I feel great. Um, and we go... We, we went to some underground churches, had a great time. We got to smuggle Bibles. Um, and when I got on our way home, I slept the entire 17 hours home. And now I look back at that, I'm like, the Holy Spirit was working on me. Because from that moment that I stepped on the airplane and flew to China, I never took another medication for anything that I was on. And, and then, like, obviously, you can see that my body was sealed because I have five kids. I am walking and jumping and running. Um, and so, you know, I just, I, I know, yes, I got delivered as well from, you know, the partying and stuff. But, you know, not only freedom from drugs and alcohol. You know, I know a lot of us have medical conditions that we need to be set free from. Um, and that is just something that I feel like the devil attacks us, not only in, in different warfare, but physically. You know, he wants us to be like, oh, I can't do this. Man, my back is hurting. Oh, I can't do this. I'm too old. I can't, I can't go get in shape anymore because, you know, my, my knees are bad. Um, I think that the devil attacks us because the Holy Spirit wants to come upon all of us and his spirit can be heavy because his glory is so magnificent. And I know that there's probably many of you out here today that are struggling with something physically and that he wants you to be healed. He wants you to be delivered. He wants you to have that freedom. And I sat back there and I struggled. I thought, am I going to go up there and talk about that? Because everybody else is talking about just different stuff. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go up there because I just feel like he wants us to be set free. He wants you to be set free of your sore knees. He wants you to be set free of your sore back, of your sore hips. You know, maybe your neck is hurting. Um, I don't know what it is, but... I got set free of fibromyalgia, and I know that 
if you're out here today that you are going to be set free, you're going to be healed. Something is taking place within your body today. You just need to believe it and step out. Because a lot of times we have to step out in that first act of faith for God to be able to move. You know, it may not happen instantly. Like it took me over seven days to realize that something was happening in my own body. So you just have to keep believing and you have to keep stepping out and believing Five kids. Five kids. <laughs> I was the youngest of five, so I love this family. I'm like, that's the family that I'm from. You know what I mean? It's like because I was the youngest of five. Anybody else have a testimony real quick? Anybody else? I want you to sit on it. I don't want you to give up. We may need these testimonies. Let's go back to the scripture. I wanna, let's take a look at this real quick because I want us to lead into where I believe God wants us to go today. Um, so take a look at your handout, if you will, and I'll try to get signed, re-signed on my computer here. Galatians 5.1. This is out of the, the Passion Translation. It says that at last we have freedom for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. One of the things that, that you're going to learn on your journey, and no matter where you are on your journey, if you're, if you're beginning, if you're middle way through it, you still, you still got a ways to go. And, and we have to understand that he doesn't want us to go back to the past. We can go back to what's familiar. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, okay, I'm going back to that's familiar I'm used to that, so I'm going to go back to that way of doing something. And he's saying, don't go back to that. Romans six fourteen, it says, sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but you're under grace. We try to teach a little bit about the grace of God, the, 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 the goodness of God, that the Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance, to change the mind, the way they think. And, and to change the direction and say, this isn't good for me. Romans 8, 2 says, the law of life in Christ Jesus has what? Set us free from the law of sin and death. Look at me real quick because he was talking about it in Romans. And he really gives two things that are operating there. We can have the law of life in Christ Jesus or we can operate in the law of sin and death. We can operate in the law of life. You can operate in sin and death. You can operate in the law of life. You can operate in sin and death. We can operate in the law of life. We can operate in sin and death. He gives you a choice. He said, I want you to know there's two things that you can operate in. You operate in this and you're going to get life. You operate in this, you're going to get death. I use this from a court system point of view. And uh, that, that when we operate in that sin and death, because that court system is really part of that. I, I, I'm not going to apologize to a judge or an attorney or anything else, but that court system wants to keep you in it. Oh, come on. Those of you know what I'm talking about. You, you go in, and I've watched it. I've watched somebody mess up. Then they go to court. Then they, then they have to pay the price. And then if they don't have the money to pay the price, they lose their license. And then if they lose their license, they can't keep their job. And then they lose their job, they go back to court. And what happens? It's a, we watch it. We watch this system go. It's a, it's a system that continues for them to, 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 to operate in the law of death. It doesn't bring life. He said we want to break out of that system and we want to operate in that law of life in Christ Jesus. If I could say it this way today, this is bondage, this is freedom.
life is freedom. Is there restrictions? Yes. Is there some of the disciplines? Yes. All those things are in that law of life, but yet this one here keeps us in bondage, and it's, it's to keep us down. So we want to operate in the law. If you operate in the law, there are certain things in the law, then you're going to be judged by the law. I'm not even going to get into that today. But if I operate through God's grace, his goodness, his forgiveness, his mercy, are you with me? I got to give mercy to get mercy. Got to give grace to get grace. We've got to operate in those things. And that's what we're talking about Independence Day. We were talking about freedom. It's the law of life in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. It wasn't because you changed your behavior. It's because we became believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And our life was changed because of who we belong to. You can change behavior and it won't put you into heaven. Come on, somebody. You can change behavior, won't put you into set. Galatians 5.13. I love this one here. He said, beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of what? Freedom. He's called us to live a life of freedom. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an excuse to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Constantly love each other and be committed to serve one another. He's like, basically, don't use this grace to you set up whatever you want to in the natural realm because we are spiritual beings, and he wants us to operate spiritually. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to be the hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, the new eyes for the blind, and to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. You are set free. You may not be incarcerated in a prison, but there are people that are physically imprisoned. They are mentally imprisoned. They're emotionally imprisoned. They're caught up in their past. They're caught up in their addictions. They're caught up in the bondage. Come on, somebody. That's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to break out of that. He wants us to be able to be an overcomer. He wants us to overcome those things that come against us so we can operate in the law of life in Christ Jesus. He wants us to get us out of the dark kingdom into the kingdom of his marvelous, glorious light, and that's through Jesus Christ. Can anybody give me an amen this morning? Okay, amen. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about it. He says, you are, you are set free. Say that with me. You are set free. He says, I've come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. And that was over 2,000 years ago. It's, it was begun 2,000 years ago. He goes on, and I, I put this down there, for the Son gives freedom. John chapter 8, Pastor Jerry was talking a little bit about that. Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue to embrace all that I teach you, you prove that you are true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your life. True freedom into your life. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham and we're already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone how could you say that we will be released into more freedom? Verse 34, he says, I speak eternal truth, Jesus said. When you sin, you're not free. You've become a slave and in bondage to your sin. And slaves have no permanent standing in a family like a son does. For the son is part of the family forever. 
So if the son sets you free from sin, then you become a true son in the un- and, be, and, and to be unquestionably free. That's the freedom. So women, well, you're, you're a son of God. If, if you're okay being a son of God, then the Bible talks about us being the bride of Christ. <laughs> I could go into all of that, but we are children of the Most High God. When you come to Jesus Christ and you give your life to Jesus Christ and you're following after him and you're you know, pursuing him. And you know, mother was talking about how, how she was pursuing the Lord and how she continues to pursue the Lord. We're after those things of God. We don't want to operate in unforgiveness or bitterness or envy or jealousy or guilt or shame because none of that's God's stuff. Are you with me god wants us to operate in the freedom somebody say freedom real quick last couple scriptures this is the greatest freedom at last we have freedom for christ has set us free for christ has set us free for christ has set us free come on for christ has set us free we must always cherish this truth and firmly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. We read that earlier. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, It's true of our freedom allows us to do anything. But that doesn't mean that we everything we do is good for us. I'm thinking, this, Pastor Sean talks, it's a C-law moment. When Psalms talks about, think about this. This is a C-law moment. It's basically Paul said, I got the freedom to do whatever I want to do, but some of the things I do don't benefit me. See, that's what we're talking about right here. He says, I'm free to do as I choose, but I choose to never be enslaved by anything. Never be enslaved by anything. And the last scripture I want to share with you, Steve, if I'll have you come, is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, now the Lord, I am referring to, is the Holy Spirit. And wherever the Lord is, wherever the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. I have the freedom to operate a certain way. The choice is mine. I can give or not give. I can bless or not bless. I can operate in the law of death or I can operate in the law of life in Christ Jesus. I can, I can operate in the kingdom of heaven or I can operate in the kingdom of dark. Come on. Are you with me? So when we're looking at our freedom, the ultimate freedom we have is God gives us a choice. During the graduates, when they were graduating, as I talk about making quality decisions, we as life, just because we get older doesn't mean we can just make whatever decision we want to. I think we need to be able to look at the decisions we make and see how they line up with the Word of God, and then we make those decisions based on that. Not based on how you feel or what your needs are for the day. You know, Sarah said today, there's something there that you're dealing with. If, if you've got sickness in your body, I believe God wants to touch you. I'm just trying to find out if the Lord wants me to say this or not. We can be held back as we open our lives to demonic influence. This past week or last week, I received a phone call and 
we were dealing with some demonic influence up till about 2 a.m. I got home about 2 a.m. in the morning. 2 a.m., 2 in the morning. And it was really neat to watch somebody get set free. Oh, come on. I mean, you don't realize that because you were in bed sleeping. And the family was praying and the mom was just an amazing warrior. And we came in and we, we were praying also. And a few hours later, she was set free. The warfare is real. And we want you guys to realize and understand that we're here to help you through that. We're here to help you walk through what you need to walk through. We we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked spirits in high places. Our prayer is to render them harmless and ineffective against you. The way to do that is to operate in the law of life in Christ Jesus. So I'm saying this is that we watch this person get set free. You didn't hear what I said. This person was held in bondage. This person was held down. And we watched this person come out. We watched the power of God move in this person's life. And we watched this young person get set free. (laughs) I mean, it's like get set free, walked out. I had no doubts in my mind that this person was going to be set free. When I walked, when we left that night and we, we, went, we went to that house and, and we, we continued to warfare, we continued to pray, we continued to do the things that we just knew that were in the Bible. And it took a while, but you know, she's free. There's things in our own lives that maybe you're struggling with trying to get over. Maybe there's some pain in your life that you just, I want to get through it. Maybe you've dealt with some tragedy. I can talk about tragedy now. Because it seems like we become experts at that now, all of a sudden. To deal with the trauma and the hurt from our past. Maybe some of you are here. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes just a moment. Maybe some of you are here and you've dealt with some trauma in your past. And maybe that thing is, that bondage has been there and it keeps coming up. Whether that's an anniversary thing, whether that's a certain time of year, a certain season, maybe it's a certain intersection. I know my daughter and I were in a car accident in an intersection here in town, and every time I go to that intersection, there's that thought that comes. That thought used to control me. Now it doesn't control me any longer because I'm not going to be a slave to that. I'm not going to be a servant to that. I'm going to be a servant to Christ. Is there something there in your life that you would just want? I'm going to ask you just to, to, to take it and give it to the Lord this morning. I'm just going to ask you to release it to Him. Say, God, I've been dealing with this, whatever that is. Maybe there's some guilt or shame that you've been dealing with in your life because of something you've done in your past. Or maybe something that's happened to, to you. It wasn't even your fault. Or maybe there was some things that were your fault, but it doesn't matter because God wants us to be set free. He wants you to be released. I see handcuffs being unlocked. 
I see chains beginning to fall. I see you beginning to walk in freedom that you've not been able to walk in before because you didn't know that you could and now you know that you can because Christ has set us free. So you're able to walk in that today. Just give those things to God this morning. Just begin to give it to Him. There's someone, anybody dealing with pain in their body. If you've got pain in your body in any way, shape, or form, I just want you to stand up. Please, just stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm just going to pray for you right here because I know God will move. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 You know, the body is designed by God to kind of let us know that there's an issue when the pain comes in, that something's not right. So God, we're asking you to deal with the root cause of the issue, whether that situation is emotional, maybe that situation is mental, or if it's physical right now. God, I'm asking you to begin to deal with those right now. I'm asking you to begin to to move on behalf as they stood up in faith by saying, you know what, I'm dealing with this pain. I see God dealing with, uh, I, I heard Sarah say something about, you know, a back and a, and a knee. And I, I, God, I know you're dealing with those situations right now. You're dealing with those right now. There's even some people that are watching us online that are going to receive a healing because of that right now in Jesus' name. I'm just asking the Lord to begin to release his goodness and his grace upon your life today. That you'll be able to walk pain-free that you'll be able to move pain-free. It'll give you the wisdom on what to do and how to do it. But most of all, the faith begins to rise up to begin to receive that. And you believe that and you begin to receive that and you're going to walk in that right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask everybody else just to join them and, and stand, if you will, as we dismiss today. I love it because we're not, I don't want to be a religious people. I just want to be a born-again people. (laughs) I want us to be a transformed people, transformed in God's likeness and in His image. Where you go today, where you go tomorrow, that you can begin to release the kingdom of God. Romans, it says that the kingdom of heaven is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit will lead you, the Holy Spirit will guide you, the Holy Spirit will teach you. That's His job. And our job is to just to be obedient to that. So as 4th of July is being celebrated tomorrow, we celebrate freedom today. God, we celebrate that we are not going to be held in bondage. We celebrate that we are going to begin to walk in freedom that you would have us to walk in. God, we celebrate that we are not a slave, but we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We celebrate today that we are unrestrained, that we can begin to walk in freedom, that we're not going to let things restrain us and hold us back, that are, that are those things that are not of you. And we put all those areas in our lives under the blood of Jesus Christ, and we ask you to cover them right now. We ask you to cover them. 
God, we thank you that we are free, that we are, we are not under obligation to the enemy and what he wants. We are under obligation to the laws of Christ and life in Christ Jesus and that we operate by that today. God, I thank you that you continue to strengthen those of us that are weak. The days that we're hurting, the days that we're down, Holy Spirit, we're asking you to come and make up the difference where we fall short in and of our human selves. Holy Spirit, you come and you bring forth healing. You bring forth deliverance. You bring forth strength. You bring forth encouragement. You bring forth comfort right now. Each and every person here, God, that you bless them, strengthen them, give them your wisdom. God, but most of all, just love on them. That you just pull them close, God. In times where they've struggled, that you just pull them close. In times where they just don't know and don't know what to do, that you'll just pull them close. Times that they'll seek you and they won't seek anything else, but they'll begin to seek you, God, and, 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 and your word. And that when they open up the word of God, that it becomes alive and active, that it begins to speak to them like your word does. And that you'll give them what they need out of that word. We thank you so much for that, God. And we just believe that right now. And we receive that right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I have a praise report. The need has been met. Exceedingly, abundantly. Above all. So we got the 400 we needed here, and now we have $2,920 to go towards. We, we still have six complete units that need to be replaced in the building, but we'll target, we'll target the foyer and our offices next. So that's almost $3,000 towards the next set. So give yourselves a pat on the back to say, look what God did. <laughs> through you all so thank you god bless you have a great fourth of july we love you go forth be safe be happy and have fun